What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the SauceCast. We are so excited to be here today with two of my favorite people. We have Tanner Leishman and Chandler Russ both here live right now. Let's go. I'm stoked to be here. What's up, Tanner? How are you? What's up, fellas? Doing great. How about you two? Dude, we're doing good. Tanner, we are stoked to have you on here. You are brought to us by Popular Demand. Obviously, you are one of the all-stars, one of the big dogs, as we've heard in prior podcasts, right? People consider you a big deal. I still think you're kind of like not that big of a deal, but other people do. So I'm going to try and like, I'm going to try and gas you up today. You still think no. I'm just like your little brother, huh? Yeah, just my little brother. No, everybody that knows me knows I love Tanner. I accidentally announced at the top rep panel last year that you were my favorite people here. <laughs> and so people know that you're one of my favorites. and I'm super excited to meet with you today, dude. Dude, I'm happy to be here, and, you know, the feelings are mutual. You, Chan, look up to you guys a ton, so super grateful to, to chat. Awesome. Well, before we jump into it, Tanner, obviously Chandler and I know you very well, but I want to make sure that the rest of the company knows you and knows who you are. And so we have a little bio for everybody that's listening. And so kind of the rundown on who Tanner Leachman is, is you grew up in Las Vegas, and you went to high school Bishop Gorman, Right. At Bishop mm -hmm. Gorman High School, you played basketball, which that's a pretty big deal. If you guys don't know, Las Vegas, that whole like city is focused on Bishop Gorman. Like that is the school there, and it's the lone peak of it's, Vegas. It's, it is a lone peak of Vegas, right? And this so to play true. basketball there is a big deal, and it's also a Catholic school, right? It is, yeah, yeah. It's a Catholic school, so yeah, we went to mass once a month, so I had to go to church. Good. That's pretty cool. I actually. As you know, Tanner served my mission there, and I served my mission right by Bishop Corman. And I went to play basketball there a few times with him, actually some pickup games. And so I was always, I was trying to convert people, but uh, it was really there for basketball. It didn't and work so well Tanner for was you. there. I didn't win for yeah. you. Yeah, no, they're pretty devout. They're pretty devout. And so Tanner's there throughout high school. Right after graduating high school, literally two weeks later, you leave on an LDS mission to Washington, D.C. And you're out there for two years. Was that the D.C. South, North? What mission was that? That was D.C. South. So we covered all of Northern Virginia. We actually didn't even cover any of the District of Columbia. So Oh, okay. Yeah, the Potomac River is our border. We, we were everything kind of south of Washington, D.C. Nice. Okay, cool. And then you go on the mission, you come home, and, you, dude, you move quick on things. You, leave, you graduate high school, go on a mission. You come home, go straight to BYU. You're playing football there, and you meet Afton, your current wife, and you end up getting married to her about a year after your mission. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, it was like almost a year to the day after my mission that we got married. Very cool. And while you were at BYU, again, like I said, you were playing football, so you're a D1 athlete. I mean, obviously, there's some work ethic things that have to convert over to this job. And as well, you were going into pre-dental. You were going to be a dentist. When I first met Tanner Leishman, Afton made sure to let me know he was going to be a dentist. <laughs> and I said, I... I said, I, I think he was going to be a dentist, but now that he's in our office, I don't know who's going to remain a dentist. And that was just between you and I, Jake. I think we both knew, like, hey, maybe dental school's going to be put on the back burner. But, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're here now, right? Dental school's not necessarily in the cards anymore. So, Dude, we're here now. Dude, unfortunately, Empower is the cause for a lot less medical professionals out there in the world. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not the first time. Yeah, I hope that in like 10 years I get my teeth cleaned. You know, I hope I can find a doctor in Utah It'll because be your fault. it's going to be my fabulous. fault. Yeah, 
Yeah, they'll all be financially free, but I'm not going to be able to fix my broken arm. So I don't know if it's worth it. Um, no, it was between you and I, and now I think it's pretty open knowledge that you're not going there. That was our first. That was our first plan, right? When we first came in the office, it was how do we get you away from dental school, and how do we get you knocking doors, and that's what we've done. So you ended up coming out to sell Empower, but before your year at Empower, you actually teed it up with a year of pest control as well. And you sold one summer for Green X. Where were you selling? What state and city? Yeah, we uh, we started the summer off <clears throat> the pest summer in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and then once it was it was like the beginning of COVID, and so once Detroit opened up, once Michigan opened up, we moved up to uh, Michigan. We were selling all over like the greater Detroit area. Awesome, and that's why it's really cool that you and Chana can connect because obviously Chana's big in that space. He understands that space, and so when we made that transition, that worked out, and that also teed up you being able to sell in power, I think. I think it kind of softened up your wife's heart maybe a little bit. It kind of softened up your heart to sales. You weren't a sales guy before that. So I really do think that you selling Pest was a huge part of your plan to get to Empower, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Agree? I mean, I think Chandler would attest to this too, but I am a firm believer that Pest Control reps can make some of the best solar reps. And 100%, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, you know, just maybe it's the sheer fact of, you know, 60, 70 hours a week on the doors and solar is, you know, half of that and two or three times the income. Um, mm-hmm. But for whatever, just the things you learn selling pest control transitions super well into selling solar. So it, it was a pretty smooth jump for me. Totally. That's awesome, man. And so you did very well selling pest, but then you came back in the off season and that's when you and I got in contact and you, you, then you knew a lot of people at Empower, Sean, different guys. And we started talking and that was not an easy journey. It was not an easy process to get you to commit here. It was probably 15 recruiting meetings. It was a lot of contact, a lot of breakfast, a lot of working out together, a lot of hanging out. But we finally got you here and you ended up having a great first year at Empower. And now you're on your second year and you're crushing it, dude. You have absolutely crushed it. You are leading a new team in a new market and the team's doing well and you're also doing well. And so this year alone, you've closed over 40 deals, which is a huge deal. And on top of that, your team is one of the top performing teams week in and week out. And you're doing all this while you have a 15 month old baby as well. And so you're a family man, you're leading from the front, you have your team, you're really doing a great job in every area. And so that's why I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. And I just wanna thank you for all the time, man. Of course, man. It's my pleasure. Yeah. I mean, it's cool to see. I, mean, I think there's something in the water over at Green Eggs that has produced all these, uh, <laughs> all these reps here at Empower. You know, you and Hutch and, um, you know, probably 20 other people totally. have came from over there and have been some of the, the top reps. So, uh, so, yeah, I totally agree with Tanner. Pest control reps, if you guys are pest reps listening to this, you know, you might be, you can make possibly, you know, you can become one of the best reps here at Empower, basically. It's, it's, a, it's a great catapult, I think, into solar. 100%. I think, you, I think I'm going to write a thank you card to the president of Greenix. <laughs> I think I'm just going to write him a thank you note and just say, hey, man, like, thanks for grooming these amazing reps. Like, I love them. They're awesome. I agree with Chandler 100%. It seems like it's a great segue into this industry. Agreed. And then also, if you're listening and you didn't sell past, don't feel like you can't do this job either, right? We have guys like Cooper Murphy last week throw down a 13 spot, had the number one team in the company that never sold anything else. Exactly. So 
you can be all over the boards and we're stoked today to have you on here. And we talk a lot about you opening a new market this year. It's something that's always been on the forefront. We've talked about in the highlight videos. How has that transition been opening a new market? And what advice would you give to anybody that's going to do that next year? Yeah, it's been uh, it, it's been tough, right? Because last year we were in California. We were comfortable. Um, I knew how to sell in California. I had a ton of customers. I knew the area. I knew PG&E. Like, it was, it was just like the comfortable thing to do to go sell in California. And making the jump, Chandler knows like about how back and forth I was on you know, coming out here to Texas or staying in California. And I mean, I'd be the first one to admit now that I'm so grateful that we did make the jump just because, you know, I'm starting to see some of the fruits of that labor, not only in myself, but just the crew that we're running out here, they're starting to be super successful as well. So um, the first thing I'd say though is, I mean, it just takes patience, right? The, the one thing that I saw coming over to empower from, you know, selling pest control is there's not as much of like an immediate gratification where like you sell a pest control deal or you sell like 10 deals in a day, you go make a couple hundred bucks that day. In solar, maybe you sell one deal today, one deal a couple a couple days down the road. And so there's not as much immediate gratification. It takes a good amount of patience to be able to you know continue to work hard even when you're not seeing all of those immediate results. So the first thing that, that I'd say is, you know, coming to a new market, we knew absolutely nothing like I flew out here the first time and I got in my car and it was pouring rain and I was like it was the tornado yeah I, I got here and there was a tornado warning the first day my wife's like oh, we're not moving to we're not moving to Texas <laughs> so uh but yeah I got in the car and I uh was just gonna go drive to go hit the door straight from the airport because I was like I just want to get my feet super wet and literally super wet because it was literally you want to be soaking wet okay nice <laughs> and uh i remember just driving out to an area i literally just picked this like random town that i'd heard you know maybe you could do good in solar out there and i went and i would knock and then it would start to pour again so i'd hop back in the car wait a couple minutes and then it would light up lighten up and then i'd hit some more doors and i just remember being like so overwhelmed like i literally was pitching these people like i was pitching somebody in california and I was just having no success. I, I didn't pull any bills, had just like barely any conversations. People just weren't reacting the same way that they were in California. And it was something super different. I, I remember hopping on the phone with Afton and I was like, what, like, what am I doing? Are, is this something that we really want to do? And she was actually really good at talking me through it and, and being like, hey, you know, like, let's trust the process and keep working hard and see how the next few days go. And we'll go from there. So Coming to a new market, it just takes patience, right? I mean, patience to learn how to how to sell out here. California and Texas are two completely different beasts, like different utilities, different net metering programs. You know, solar is installed differently out here. They just have different systems and processes. And learning all that stuff kind of takes a little bit. So patience is really the key. But Yeah, dude, I would totally agree with that. I think anything you do that's new is going to take a second, right? We're so used to doing things that we've done in the past, right? Like we can go play a pickup basketball game. It's like, we've already done that before. We can go play this video game. Like, you did that in high school or whatever it is, right? But opening a new market is something, like, very few people have done, and it's not going to come super easy. It's not going to come super fast, and that's why it's so impressive what you've done. Tanner, how long did it take you to start seeing some of that success come in? Because, obviously, it's been massively successful. It's been one of the top 
teams in the entire company week over week over week. At what point, how long did it take for that to start happening? Or was there like a pivotal point at which you noticed, you know, all right, this is going to work. Here comes the success. Um, you know, I even think we kind of, if I'm being completely honest, I just, I didn't see any success when I came out here and I blitzed a few times before, you know, we made the decision to move from California to Texas. And really on those blitzes, I didn't even see a ton of success. I think I signed up one deal and then the guy ended up being in this like really weird lease to own thing. And so he couldn't even get solar. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was like the lamest thing. Cause I'd been like grinding for a couple weeks in Texas trying to get a deal closed. And I finally get this guy closed and like, we're going through the docks and they need title verification and I'm, getting help from Chan and we're trying to figure it out. It comes out. He finally tells me at the end that he's in this like lease to own thing. And so it was, it was kind of lame, but um, yeah, we didn't see a ton of success right off the bat. We, we really didn't even start to see success until some of our, you know, crew had gotten out here and we just started to get some momentum. So I would even say we started to, or we made the jump over here to Texas really not have not having had any success at all. Like I, didn't close any deals before we moved out here. Mm. We'd made zero dollars in Texas when we had made the decision to move from, you know, where we were at in California out here. And it really was just like, hey, once we completely burned the boats and left everything behind in California and we we're like, hey, look, we're in Texas now. You know, we're here to figure it out. And once that mindset is is, is once I had that mindset, that's when we started to see the success is it's not like you know turning around and looking back like oh man all my buddies in california they're getting you know 12-day installs with empower that's freaking sick you know i don't even know when i'm going to get my next install with our installers out here but instead of looking back just looking forward and saying hey we're in texas now it is what it is we're going to figure this out and we're going to pioneer this as soon as i you know i made that mindset jump is when we started to really take off and see a ton of success Dude, I love that. I mean, winners find a way every oh. time. It's 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 crazy. I remember talking to you when Tanner called me after your last blitz before it was, it was like decision making time. Like, dude, you got to let us know this week if you're going or not. And you call me like, hey, I'm gonna send it. We're gonna move out here. Haven't we haven't had a close like an installable close yet, but we're gonna do it. And I was like, Jake, what are we doing? And then. Uh, I just think winners find a way. Tanner, he committed, he burned the boats and made it happen. Sales is sales no matter where you go. So anyone out there that's going to be opening markets in the future, I think I think following in Tanner's footsteps is going to be an ideal way to have success. Dude, and Tanner's right. He called me and he's like, bro, what, what are we going to do? What are we doing? And I'm like, Tanner Leachman will figure it out. Dude, just like Tanner said, a winner is a winner. It's literally called the law of victory. I mean, John Maxwell talks about it all the time. One of his irrefutable laws of leadership is the law of victory, which is just saying that you have a mindset that you will win, that you will accomplish something. It doesn't matter what happens, you will win. It's this weird, innate instinct in some people that when the pressure is on and when it, it's on the, that come down to the wire, you will figure it out and you will win. And that's something that all leaders have to have. And that is why Tanner, you are successful. And that's why even when Tanner was telling me that, and I was nervous too, but I knew you could win. You know, I knew that you could do it. And so, and by the way, they, we have a bunch of installs this week in Texas. It's working out great. Let's go. The, the glass is going yeah. on the roof. So things are working out great now. So 
if, if you're in California or wherever and you come across, you know, maybe a, a one week delay in an installer, something happens with your installer or just something in the sales process kind of, kind of bothers you, just know that you have it pretty dang good over oh. there. But uh, at the end of the day, winners find, winners find a way, right, Tanner? Winners find a way. Winners find a way. We're going to find a way to get these deals installed no matter what. And I think, you know, that reminds me, I feel like growing up, and playing sports and everything like sports was such a big part of my life that to your point jake having a little bit of stress i almost feel is something healthy for me i don't know if it's it's healthy for everybody but maybe it's just because as a little kid growing up i had so many of those times when it's just me in my you know my backyard playing on our little hoop where I'm telling myself in my mind, like, hey, you know, the game's on the line. I got to hit this shot or else my team's going to lose, like this imaginary situation. And I would played through that scenario so many times in my head that it just became so routine that I almost feel a little bit of like, I almost feel like a little bit more comfortable when I have a little bit more weight on my shoulders. Like when the game's on the line, when, you know, I am needed to perform. That's almost when I feel like, hey, okay, now it's time to go. Like now it's time to really like kind of like show my true colors, really work hard, really grind and really show what I can do when, you know, it, when the game's on the line, when it's the fourth quarter, when you're down by one, you know, when you got to catch this pass, when you got to make the three, whatever it is. I love it, dude. It's the law of victory. It's something you have and something you can develop. And so I really want people to know that, like, we believe in you as a rep. Like, when we send you to a new market, it's not because we want you to fail. <laughs> like, it's because we believe in you 100%. And sometimes your leader can see potential in you that you can't even see, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, I mean, we'll get into this in a second, but talking about secret sauces, like, and I'm sure you'll, you'll expound a lot more on your own secret sauce, but to me that sounds like one in of itself, like, where most people and most leaders kind of crumble under stress or a, or an obstacle, that's mm -hmm. where Tanner succeeds. That's where he excels. For sure. And so Tanner, let's, let's throw it back to year one reps. I want to take a second. We've talked a lot about like new markets and how you're going to do that. And that's going to be obviously for more advanced rep, but let's think about year one reps. I want to throw out a little nugget to help them. There's so many rookies this year at Empower. Tanner, you're on your second year here and you're crushing it, but you also crushed it in year one. I just want to hear what's the difference between you selling year two opposed to year one and what do you wish you would have known last year or maybe when you first started at Empower? Yeah, I think the big thing for me is when I started with Empower, I almost, I almost didn't trust the process yet. Like I had heard all these things like you can go sell solar and you can make insane amounts of money and I wanted to believe it, but I almost like was like, okay, I need to see it to believe it. And even as the year went on, like, I mean, I started to do really well and the year was, you know, going great. It was going fabulous. But I wanted to see the culmination of a full year in solar. And I would even say throughout the whole year, I was almost still just kind of like skeptical of everything. And it wasn't until probably the end of the year when we got to the end of year party and, you know, we did our leadership retreat and we were kind of totaling up you know, how much money has everybody made? How much has everybody invested? All that kind of stuff. And I really like kind of like dove into everything that had gone on over the course of the year. And I was like, holy cow, this is actually insane. And so coming into year two, it's almost like I've just been 100% bought into Empower. Like everything I do, like almost to a fault. My, my wife probably hates it because all I talk about is Empower. Like 
we all, all I do I talk about is work. We talk about podcasts. We talk about you know becoming sovereign. We talk about you know all the things that we've learned from Brandon and everything like that. Like my whole life, I feel like revolves around empower right now, and so just being able to go one hundred percent in on empower and yeah making the transition over here to Texas, it hasn't been as, you know, smooth as far as like install times and everything. And it's not as dialed as California is right now. I mean, it's going to be dialed for sure, but I still trust the process. I still know if I go out and I sign a deal that, Hey, I know that I did everything right. And that deal is going to get installed, whether it happens right now or whether it happens in six weeks or six months, like that deal is going to get installed. I'm going to get paid on it. And so I just think I completely trust the process and I'm 100% bought into Empower. Like I eat, sleep, breathe, you know, drink Empower. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, man. (laughs) And that's awesome. So you wish if you could go back in time, you would have done that sooner, earlier, it sounds like. Totally. Mm -hmm. And just to throw that out there, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know that last week, we paid out $882,262.59 in commission. Wow. Last week. We had 198 sales reps paid last week. I mean, we literally threw down a megawatt installed last week. And so if you don't believe that people are making money around you, you need to wake up, right? You need to pull back the curtains. You need to wake up and say, everyone else is doing something. Why am I not doing it? And start drinking the Kool-Aid. And it's not about being in a power follower or anything else. Like it's about you and your own life. Take control of your life. Be financially free. Be something more than you thought you could be because people around you are doing it every single day. And the sooner you realize that and go all in and burn your boats, the better off you'll be. Right? Yeah. And even more than just the financial side of it like there's so many intangibles that empower offers that improve us like as human beings um one one thing i think is really important in my life and one thing i try to focus on is continual growth and education and even though i've stopped doing that in like a formal classroom setting because we have such a cool opportunity that i don't want to waste it there's so many cool things that we're doing right now whether it's podcasts or trainings or you know just last week, right? We were on the Becoming Sovereign with uh, the Olympic gold medalist, right? I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, different things like that. We're constantly being educated on how to just improve the quality of our lives and become better human beings, become financially free. So the it's almost like two aspects, right? You have the financial side and you have the intangible side where it's like the growth mindset, the learning, the training. And when you combine all those two, if I would have, you know, really combine those two my first year I almost like think I could have been doing what I'm doing now last year if I had like meshed them together then yeah I'm just jumping all in right just listening jumping all in and being willing to grow and and learn as a human like we can't make you grow we can't make you work hard we can't make you invest we can't make you develop like it's up to you to decide to let that happen right you know, it's at the end of the day, it's about trusting the process. I mean, going back kind of to last year as well, you know, Tanner and I kind of started around the same time in January of 2021. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we had recruited Armies. nearly, you know, probably 120 people to come yeah. out and do this job without having even sold an account. And so 
trusting the process, you know, that came in clutch last <laughs> year. And it's so cool to see where, where Tanner and all these guys have gotten to. Like, I mean, just on Friday this last week, we had one office where uh, more than five people had over $20,000 paychecks between 20 and 30,000. Oh my Multiple gosh. of which were rookies. So like, trust the process, it works here at Empower. And it's hard sometimes. I remember sending you guys out and you guys are looking at me like, Jake, I'm gonna kill you in three months if this isn't true, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like Tanner's the same thing. Tanner and Afton, Chan, they're like, Jake, if this isn't true, I'm going to kill you. And obviously not literally, but maybe <laughs> literally. I don't know. And it's scary for everybody, but everyone has to make the jump. Chandler did. Tanner did. The rookies do. Everyone has to. And so now that we're going to move on. Tanner, you obviously have a secret sauce. Like, there's a reason that you're so good at your job. What makes you different from everybody else? What do you feel like your secret sauce is? Yeah, you know... I don't think it's anything new. I don't think I do anything like super out of the ordinary. Um, you know, the the biggest thing that I think I I do and that brings me the most success is I grew up playing sports. We've talked about this a couple times, but sports was such a fundamental thing in my life, and I worked so hard to become better and better at my craft uh, playing sports. And so. Once I no longer had sports in my life, I was almost like looking for something that I could put that same amount of effort in and, you know, see results based on effort and working a nine to five job after I stopped playing football was just not it for me. Like hourly making a, you know, an hourly wage wasn't it. And so being able to come over here to sales, like a commission based job, being able to have something that I can put in. 110% of effort and get 110% of the reward is something that has been super valuable to me. The thing that I take away the most from sports though is going to be tracking your progress in everything you do. We talk about a sales funnel, right? You've got your hours worked, your hours knocked, sets, sats, to closes, to installs, right? And, and everything funnels down. And my main focus is the top of the funnel, right? Because you have things that you can control and things that you can't control. 100% of what you should focus on is going to be the stuff that you can control. If that stuff is not dialed, nothing else is going gonna, is gonna to come to fruition. Or you're not going to get results at the bottom of the funnel if the top of your funnel isn't dialed. And so uh, thinking about my secret sauce, like I said, I don't feel like it's anything crazy. I, I listened to Brandon. I watched a ton of his training videos and he goes over the sales funnel. And the one metric that I really feel like stands out to me is going to be the hours worked and hours knocked, like com completely controlling your efforts that you put into the funnel are going to be huge. Being able to say like, like I can confidently say now, if I go out and I hit the doors for 25 hours, I'm probably going to pull like 17 bills. If I pull 17 bills, 10 of those are going to sit. Three of them are going to close. And then hopefully all three get installed. If not, for sure, two will get installed. So being able to understand that. And then once you understand that, that your funnel your, your funnel's completely dialed, then everything else just tr turns into a science, right? So now that I know if I have to go out and work 25 hours to get three closes, it's like, okay, perfect. I'm going to go out and I'm going to work 35 hours this week and I'm going to get five closes. And it's just, it's a sheer science at that point. It's like, I can remove all emotion from going out and hitting the doors and maybe I only pull one or two bills or maybe I go sit in four appointments in one day and I don't close any of them. It's totally okay. Cause that just means I'm getting out, I'm getting those four no's out of the way so that sometime during the rest of this week, 
I'm going to get two or three or four closes from the rest of the appointments because it's a science at that point. I completely understand how my funnel works and how I'm able to track all my progress. And so, yeah, it, it just brings a sense of like, you know, logical, like, like I don't look at sales as emotion anymore. I get some of like the funniest, you know, reasons why people cancel or reasons why people say no or, you know, sales, we talk about a solar coaster, right? It's a complete roller coaster. You go up and down. And if you could just stay completely level and being able to track your funnel for me is what keeps like kept me level. Being able to just say like, okay, if this appointment cancels, totally okay. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to do my best to go and try to save it or whatever, but I'm going to have three or four or five more throughout the rest of this week that I'm probably going to go close. That's dude, awesome. Dude, I love this so much. This is a sauce cast. Yeah. Like Tanner, I love that. Like the secret sauce that you have is like, is something that I admire a ton because it's trusting in the statistics of solar and especially the statistics of empower and doing your part to track that and monitor your own, your own stats as closely as possible. Um, it, it's crazy how many times, you know, I'll get like a, a rep come to me or a rookie who will have like a, a week where, he has either a lot of no's or has some cancels. And I tell him like statistically, like if you just keep going, you know, you're going to have a lot of yeses. It'll pan out. So yeah. it's, it's likely you're just front loading all of your no's mm -hmm. or all of your cancels into the beginning of the month or the year or whatever. And statistically, if you had all your no's in this week, you should have you pretty much all the deals going forward should be yes. Mm -hmm. And I remember that clearly last year with a rep who actually ended up in installing 50 deals. Um, I won't say his name, but at the beginning, he had, I think his first five deals canceled. <laughs> and then his remaining, like, 50 deals, like, I think just a handful. Mm -hmm. And so he, he just kind of, statistically, it'll play out how it's supposed to be. You put in the inputs here, and the outputs will come out how they're supposed to be. And so it's important, like Tanner said, to not get kind of sucked into the, to the dips of the solar coaster and just, you know, it's going to work out. It will work out. And that's what's cool about solar is that there's already an inherent value in solar you can't really say that for other products you sell door to door, right? You know, you can't, you can't really say that, oh, if I just knock enough doors a day, I'll find someone with a massive pest control infestation that needs me, right? Like <laughs> just bugs everywhere. That's just not as common, right? Whereas if you go out in solar and like, if you knock enough doors, you'll find someone that hates paying their power company. That is abundant. And the value of that makes this the statistical machine work. Dude, you guys are hitting on the head. Honestly, one Tanner, other thing you want to add on there. Yeah, one other thing I'd add, and that reminds me is, I mean, there's the quote that everybody says is work smarter, not harder, right? But I would almost go as far to say, like, why? Like, you can work smarter <laughs> and you can work harder. Like, there is absolutely no reason why you can't go out and, you know, be super smart and work, you know, and, and be effective, but then also bust your butt and work super hard. I, uh, I think about the 10,000 hour rule, right? And it takes 10,000 hours to become a master at that. And if you're working smarter and harder, you're just going to become a master at something way faster than the next guy, way faster than the guy that's only working smarter. If the guy's only working smarter, he's going to become a 10,000 hour master in double the amount of time as you. If you're going to become a $10,000 or a 10,000 hour master and you're going to work smarter and harder, it's going to take you half the time. Dude, I couldn't agree more. I always hear that quote, and I think that same thing every time. I'm all about working smart and being smarter and smarter and smarter. And I try to always have the mindset of 
the law of empowerment of I'm going to empower you to make your decisions. And if you have a better idea, let's throw it out there <clears throat> and let's do it. But also let's not stop working hard. You know, and I think that all reps need to hear that message is cool. If you have a good idea, if you have something you can tweak in your sales funnel, in your pitch, in your door approach or whatever it is, tweak it, do it. And if you start seeing more results because it's smarter, that's awesome. But don't stop working as hard, you know, don't stop doing that. And that's why I really, uh, you know, admire you and Chandler. You guys are both a great example of that, of trying to refine your skills, and your talents <clears throat> and to actually work harder and smarter together. And Tanner, we've seen huge numbers out of you all year this year. What are some things you're doing in deals? Let's talk about closing deals. What are some one-liners you throw out there? Um, what are some common phrases that you might use that helps you really secure deals and lock things down? Yeah, I think, you know, transitioning also back to what we talked about between year one and year two. Year one, I was almost like, I mean, I would say probably 75% of my deals were self-gen deals last year. And so self-gen deals, sometimes depending upon, you know, how many bills you pull and where you're at, the appointments are kind of few and far between. Maybe you have one or two a day. Now that I've been able to, you know, sit in more appointments and, and visit and talk to more homeowners, one thing that I feel like I've really been able to see is just a complete, like, abundant mindset about everything. Um, being able to go into an appointment and not have to worry like, man, this is my only appointment today. Let me make this count. And I'm almost like wishing and begging that this appointment closes because there was times last year when I would do that, right? If I had one appointment that day and then I knew I was going to be knocking the rest of the day, it's like, man, this appointment better close because this is going to be my only like chance to you know, close somebody today. And that's such like a that's such a bad mindset to have. It's just not smart, right? If you can treat these uh, these appointments with abundance, not only are you going to be able to take the acceptance and the rejection a lot better, but your customers are going to see that too. Like if you're abundant with everything. So when I go into a close, everything I say, it, there's nothing that I'm going to say in a close that has anything to do with them like thinking about it, you know, making a decision later. Every Every single comment I say is, around like hey being super assumptive and we're doing this right now mm -hmm. i'm just at every every comment i say whether it's you know what we're going to do today after i leave you know we're going to send out the surveyor or my favorite is when i get to the end and i'm going through like the seven steps to going solar my favorite thing to say and this is like i really feel like the most abundant thing you can say in the close is you know like look there's these seven steps to going solar the first one though i like to say there's eight the first one is we got to run the application and get you all qualified and you have to authorize everything. And I'm going to do that with you before I leave today. And then we're going to send out the surveyor. So it just completely sets the expectation that, hey, before I go, we've got to run this application. You've got to authorize it. And then the surveyor is going to come out here. There's no like, you know, I'm going to ask you at the end of this if this is what you want to do. And then you guys can think about it and talk about it. It's like, no, we're doing this today, right? We're, we're getting all this done today. And then I think on top of that too, I'll get to the end of that last slide. And I learned this from you, Jake, but uh, my, my favorite go-to line at the end of the deck is, so what do you guys think? Should we give it a shot? <laughs> it's just so like non-sales, non-like, it, it doesn't put them on the spot at all. It, it's just the easiest way I feel like to segue into like, hey, look, are there any last questions before we start the application.
because 95% of the time, if you do your job right, going through the deck, they're not going to have any questions or they would have already asked them. So most of the time I ask them, what do you guys think? Should we give this a shot? And they're like, yeah, why wouldn't I? Perfect. Okay. Can you go grab your ID for me? And then just start signing them up. I love it, dude. Those are some awesome one-liners, awesome thoughts, being assumptive, um, really just being non-pressure, but assumptive, right? If you can kind of walk that tightrope, uh, it's, you're so sure they're going to do it that you're not even nervous. It's not like a pressure thing. Like, Hey, you're going to do this, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. Then we'll get the site survey. We'll be good to go. Yeah. I think Tanner's a master at <clears throat> assumptive language, which is a skill I wish all rookies could come pre-programmed with. Pretty sure it's built into Because they just come in so nervous, right? They yeah. just don't know how to use that kind of language. And it's almost like someone once told me, if you can just, before you get into the house, when you're walking up to their door, or when you're getting out of your car to go to that person's house, if you could just mentally program or tell yourself that they just called you and said, hey, we want solar, just come walk us through the numbers and get us signed up. If someone actually called you and told you that, you would be the most assumptive person in the world. You'd be like, okay, yeah, this is what's gonna be. This is where you sign, this is yeah. what you do. And if you could just mentally tell yourself that that happened, even though it didn't with every close, You'll talk in a different way. For sure. You'll assume things differently, and you'll get a lot more closes, just like Tanner's. 100%, dude. I I really used to enjoy training reps. You know, I used to do that a lot. I don't do that anymore. I, we spent a lot of time, Tanner, before you went out, lots of hours together going over closed decks and practicing while you were here. And I like that. And it's something that I think that all reps need to continue focusing on is perfecting your craft and working on it. I know Chandler did a training last year on assumptive language. I remember it really helped your org, you know? And every rep needs to understand that. Another good analogy you might want to use is think about how you talk to your parents about dinner. Like when you're in high school, you ask your mom, hey, what's for dinner? Like, what's for dinner? You assume you're going to get it. You know it's coming, but you're not being a, like a total jerk about it. You're just like, hey, what's for dinner? Pleasantly persistent. <clears throat> Pleasantly persistent. And your mom says, oh, dinner's this. And you're like, oh, nice. What time's it at? Oh, sweet. Who's going to be there? Like you just are, it's so assumptive, right? That it's going to happen. And that's how it needs to be with this deal. Every deal on the doors, everywhere you go is, Hey, you're going to give me your bill, but what, which way do you get it? Like, I know you're going to give it to me, but how do you get it? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and sorry, I keep clearing my throat. I lost my voice over the weekend. I had this rip <laughs> vertical tour screaming. So I'm trying to get it back, but no, that's awesome. Tanner. I think that's such good feedback, such good advice for all reps listening. And I want to ask now going into the end of like, to the end of this call, end of this podcast, is you have done such a great job and obviously you've made great money. And when all your deals get installed, you're gonna be paid out huge stacks this year. How do you stay motivated? How do you motivate yourself and stay focused? And then how do you motivate your team and help them stay focused? Dude, I think, uh, man, this is the golden question right here because we talked a lot at the end of last year, right, about the difference between motivation and, and discipline. And uh, uh, I have to admit, like, the first person I've got to shout out is my wife. Like, 100%. We were, we were just Afton. joking. A money Afton, dude. The go. A money. She, uh, you know, we were joking before the call. Like, she runs a tight ship around here. Like, our house is definitely a house of order. And I owe, like, a lot of that to Afton. She uh, is, I kid you not, like, a superstar. I don't know how she's able to you know, balance having a husband that's gone 12 hours a day 
and take care of a baby and make sure like dinner's ready when I get home and, you know, make sure we're doing fun things and hanging out with the guys and our whole team on the weekend. And like literally, you know, Sunday night, the team was all over here till like midnight hanging out at our house. And so she's just like the biggest trooper, the biggest motivation that anybody could, could ask for. And so, um, the first thing, you know, I've obviously got to say is her and definitely love her and, and Rowan for sure. Um, and they're the, a big reason why I do everything I do. But after, you know, after that, on top of that, you have to come back to, and, and I guess this plays along with Afton and Rowan too, but you got to figure out your why, right? Everybody has different whys. For me, you know, providing for my family, having financial freedom are going to be, you know, some of my main goals of why I go out and work every single day. On top of that too, now that I'm in a role where I get to lead a team, I mean, I, I think I stress more about the success of my team. Like th- that's what I lose sleep over more than what I lose, like losing sleep over my own personal success. And it's just comes with the territory, right? Like Saturday night, I was up on the phone with Jake Mar until 2 a.m. just talking about, you know, how I could help the team and how we could improve and, you know, how can I help motivate these guys? And when you really show the team and show anybody you're le- you're leading, um, you, you know, that you care about them and that you genuinely want them to succeed, they're going to be able to feel that and they're going to be able to take that and, and that's going to be motivation for them, right? When someone, you know, is trying to lead you and it feels completely disingenuine or like ingenuine, you know, you're not going to want to work as hard because you're thinking, you know, does my leader have the right intentions? And so kind of mixing those two together with my motivation, my team's motivation is, you know, develop your why and then be genuine with everything. Be intentional and be genuine. If you can really, and the same thing goes to close the deals, right? Do you really want to help these homeowners save money? Or are you trying to, you know, if you're trying to pull a fast one on someone, on someone, homeowners totally can see through all the BS, you know. But if you're really genuine and you're really trying to help these people and be honest and and truthful and you know do good work, people can totally sense that. And that goes with customers. That goes with you know your team. Um, goes with anybody that you're you're leading. So those would be like two of the biggest things that I feel. Dude, I love that. I think those are good things to say. And it's cool because <clears throat> anybody can do that, right? Anybody can find their why. If you don't know how to do that, look up Simon Sinek, look up his um, podcast, look up his YouTube video on the Golden Circle, or he has a book about it, and find your why. After you identify that, then start putting it into practice and making sure it's visible every day to you is what I've noticed. And Tanner, the rest of this year, I know you have big goals, big thoughts, big plans. What are some of those goals to wrap up this year at Empower and in life? Yeah, man. I mean, I've been telling everybody since the end of last year, like you can ask Brandon Andre, we were in Mexico last year and I told him, I was like, Hey man, I'll see you at the hundred install trip next year. Like wherever, wherever I want to go, we're going, right? And so, uh, I didn't anticipate it was going to be, you know, as tough as it is to, you know, move markets and still try to get a bunch of installs in. But, um, you best believe I'm going to, like that's the goal I set, and so I'm I'm trying to achieve that goal. So 100 installs is is my goal this year. I want to get the 100 um, installs for sure. 
Um, but on top of that, I really want to, you know, the top 20% of our crew, I would love to see each of them in Mexico. Like I would love to see each of them hit 25 installs. I kind of, in the back of my mind had a goal like, Hey, you know, I want to get 250 installs as a team. Um, mm-hmm. but more importantly, like I want to be able to see like, you know, my top 20% of, of the team that I'm running out here start to progress and become, you know, leaders and grow. And so, um, not only, you know, develop those leaders, but I want to continue to improve my leadership skills too. I learned a ton from you two. I learned a ton from, you know, Jake Meyer, all the podcasts we do about becoming different, um, and better leaders. So that's something that I really want to focus on. I want to focus on becoming a, a good leader and, and being able to lead the crew that I've got out here and, you know, turn this into something sick. So I think one thing, uh, I would add to which sales is tough, man. It's tough on a family. I feel like everybody needs to to learn how to balance everything, right? Like I was saying, typically working you know twelve hour days, right? You guys were doing it when when you were out selling full time. When mm-hmm. you sell, you're just gone a lot, and so being able to balance. I mean, I'm taking a class right now in school, so I, I'm trying to figure out how I can balance that. I have two callings at church, right? And I teach a uh, teach two different classes on Sundays, so. Um, everything I'm doing is, uh, is teaching people. So being able to balance everything in life is, uh, is something that I feel like is probably going to be a lifelong pursuit, but that I want to improve on, um, this coming year. And the last thing that I'd say is, you know, our big whys of the company, right. Or personal growth and financial freedom. And one of the, the things that I've been focusing on a lot this year is, you know, how am I going to take this money that we're making and make it work so we can be financially free. And so, getting into real estate, our, our goal that we had set, um, at the beginning of this year was we want to have about 300,000 invested, you know, whether that's real estate, whether that's crypto, whether that's stocks, whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. Amazon stores, whatever it is, that's what we want to, yeah. we want to achieve this year. And so we got a, a tough journey ahead, but we are, you know, stoked more than ever to, uh, go achieve some of these goals. I love it, dude. I love it. You are so awesome. So amazing. <clears throat> Again, I'm losing my voice now at the end of the podcast, which is perfect. And Tanner, I look up to you so, so much. Like I really, really do. You know that I have since the beginning. I've been your biggest cheerleader, your biggest fan. And I try to be that for everybody. And especially the guys that are not just saying stuff, they're doing stuff. Right. And I think if anybody can hit hundred installs, it's you. I believe in you. I think you have awesome leaders. I look up to your leaders so much as well. Hutch, Meyer, Chan, everyone that leads you, they're all amazing guys that support you and have your back 100%. And that's what I want you to know as well. And so with that being said, Chan, there's anything else you want to throw in there to wrap this thing up? No, I, I appreciate you as well, Tanner, but also your teams. A shout out to your team out in Dallas, to, to Logan, Chuck, Paul, everyone out there, Trey, Quentin. I think they're all doing a fantastic job and you're doing a great job teaching them. Dude, and so, thank you. Yeah. Uh, that, Dude, that being said, plug, is plug the crew, man. The crew out here is, it's hot. I don't know if any of you have been out to Texas lately, but it's hot. These guys are busting their butts out in the heat and they're getting after it. So our team wouldn't be what it is without all of those guys. And so huge shout out to all of them. They're doing super awesome things. And I'm like super, super proud of everything they're doing. And what's cool is we're actually going to come see you guys tomorrow. Chandler and I are flying to Texas tomorrow morning. We're going to be out with that crew in Dallas for a couple days. And so we're stoked to see them because they deserve all the recognition in the world. They really do for opening up a new market and helping you out. 
It's your inner circle, right, that makes you who you are. And so I'm really, really proud of you. With that being said, that's another episode of the SauceCast. Really appreciate everyone's time. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.